Welcome to the Cardano Hotel podcast. In this podcast, Alfred Mosker interviews the entire Drip Drops team. They explain all of the early plans they had for the launch and expansion of the project in early 2022. They disclose lots of important information. Here's Alfred asking the key questions. So uh, in preparation of this, uh, of this interview, I, I watched a couple of videos, one by Andrew uh, Nerdout and one by Kaizen. So one was very technical, went straight off my head, straight away. It felt like a sense of panic. And then uh, Kaizen was explaining more like how it works. But what I'm missing is the, the why, because usually when you develop like an app, there's a problem that you identified that's something that you need, that you want to solve, right? So what was what is the problem that you guys identified and, and how are you trying to solve it? I'll take that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so Drip Drops was conceived at the Wyoming Summit and it was brought to me by Kyle initially. And we had a discussion about uh, the problem that the ISPO model uh, generates. So mm-hmm. it's good for business, but it causes a, what we call is like a collateral damage and it, and it's a permanent collateral damage. So can you uh, give me ISP- like a concrete example of that? Yeah, of course. Um, so when the ISPOs come out, uh, a lot of the delegates are seeking tokens. So they, uh, migrate out of pools, uh, and move their ADA from smaller pools that rely on their ADA to generate blocks. And some of those smaller pools will close down. And that's usually a permanent thing when mm-hmm. you have an ISPO that's running for however many epochs. Um, so yeah, it's, it creates permanent collateral damage mm-hmm. for a temporary solution. Right. And so we decided to um, start to build out drip drops from that. Right. This is interesting to me because I know that several of you run, well, very successful, well-known pools in the community. So it's quite a altruistic uh, way to go uh, to go approach uh, things, which I appreciate. I I managed to miss the the ISPO, the Sunday Swap ISPO. So now uh, our our stakeholder hotel is being completely massacred. So <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. So right. uh, let's let's. Yeah, get so to an explanation of more or less like well, what, how does it work? So what does it do? The drip drops, maybe who wants to take this? Maybe Rick? Well, to add on to that too is Kyle. before we get into how it works, um, you know, one of the other things that we realized is there was a gap in, um, I don't know, the way the ecosystem's kind of behaving is we were eager to get our hands on new technology is probably a better right. way to phrase it. And um, if you can consider, it takes a while to get the right pieces of technology in place. You know, DEXs, they're not quite here the way that we want them to be here. I'm not going to, you know, shout out to, to Moosley Swap. You guys are, you made it. You got a lot of criticism, but you're, so far, you're, you're doing okay. And that's cool. Uh, but we've got a lot of road to go. And the best analogy I can give is, okay, let's pretend we're going to go on an eight-hour car drive and you got five kids in the back seat. You got to give them a toy. So we want to keep you guys entertained. People are thirsty. And another problem that Drip Drops addresses is people wanted to move tokens around the network, tokens that you could use for utility, governance, meme coins, whatever it is people wanted to do. But it was kind of, um, it was so mechanical that it was isolated to, if you delegate to this one pool, you do this one thing, you go to this one website. 
and then you can get one token and all the in the transaction fees will add up and it didn't really have a good look and feel to it for, as far as people being being able to get a broad spectrum of tokens um, and so drip drops solves that problem by making the utility tokens the governance tokens the meme coins makes them available uh, more broadly available so that they can move you know more efficiently more people can get to them it gets a broader distribution of mm -hmm. the tokens right. so it does give people the opportunity to do that and uh it right. seems it, to be going pretty and, well so far yeah it adds a new dynamic to game theory too so mm. now stake pool operators can potentially work together and offer delegates suites of mm -hmm. different assets and things like that and we're going to open it up with some new announcements here soon right it's just going to it's going to be really interesting with the types of i still uh, want to take it one step back because because i'm a guy who's completely non-technically inclined and right what and this podcast is always meant for people like me you know so i um because also there's lots of people coming over from other blockchains and they don't really know what's going on going on in Cardano, etc and those are people that are completely new to blockchain yeah so I, I read a definition by andrew which says that basically drip drops it's an airdrop machine right so can you explain the, the, the mechanics of an airdrop how does that work yeah, so on other blockchains, an airdrop is, you know, it costs a lot of money for a token project to just blast it out to other wallets. Um, most of those are pushing out to wallets. Some are pulling, but um, on Cardano, every native asset has to travel with a little bit of ADA. So the pull mechanism is really what we have to do. Otherwise, it's way too expensive for token projects to get assets around the network. So what we did is um, made a token vending machine or really a token vending machine gun, really, <laughs> that people can go to, select the tokens they want, withdraw them all at once in a bundle. Uh, uh, hang on. Is it, is it a token vending machine or is it a token gifting machine? Uh, it, it is a gifting machine. So all the tokens are, are free and you're just paying for the service of, you're essentially paying a shipping and handling charge mm -hmm. when you go to Drip Drops. Right. That's correct. We, we do not sell tokens. We do not accept money for tokens. We do not pay money for the tokens we receive. Uh, issuers determine the parameters of their campaign, and we just simply enable the technology for them to distribute those tokens. Yeah. All right. Okay. Like, but I mean, surely every kind so, of platform. Sorry, go ahead, Rick. You know, you know, when you order Uber Eats, we're like the Uber Eats guys. We don't make the sandwiches. We bring the sandwiches. Okay, but surely there's a there's a business model behind this, right? So I mean, you guys are investing lots of your time. So what's what's in it for drip drops? First of all, before we get get on to the next subject. So the transaction fee and the processing. So right. we're like it's the same as uh, UPS or you know a delivery service. They get mm -hmm. paid to ship uh, product or packages. So we do essentially the same. Yeah. Like, okay, so, so every every drop creates a drip for you guys, more <laughs> right. or less to, to fill up your, <laughs> yeah. your, your bathtub, right? Or your treasure. Your, the, your the transaction, the transaction fee itself obviously is consumed by the network, but mm -hmm. there's a there's a, a, a portion of that that's remaining has to go back to pay for fire hose, that infrastructure, and then we do keep a small piece of that left over. So we make a little bit of money on it. Sorry, you mentioned fire hose. I'm not familiar with the term. I did read about it in Andrew's the best thing to come to Cardano since Cardano. I think we should let the man himself explain <laughs> what he does. I, yeah, I, I don't want to get what's too technical. Work? Yeah, so FireRose is a, a backend system. It connects directly to Cardano node. So there's no Cardano CLI or anything else between 
fire hose in the node. So it has a direct pipe and it can do things like transaction batching and transaction chaining. So we can make the network work as efficiently as possible for getting these tokens delivered. And we don't have to wait for like new blocks to arrive. We don't have to manage hundreds and hundreds of wallets to pay for these transactions. Everything is done with transaction chaining and transaction bundling. Right. And so that's that's kind of what Firehose does on the backside. And then Drip Drops is the marketing, the UI, everything else that makes so it. So Firehose is like the real, back end, real Drip Drops is the front end more or less. That's pretty much, yeah. There's, there's other backend systems that Lathesan has has mm. built out for metrics and other stuff, but yeah, the, the moving of the tokens is done by Firehose. Right. So, what type of tokens can be delivered by uh, by by drip drops? Any token, or is there a distinction between fungible versus non fungible tokens? We're can anybody get on? I mean, how, how does it work? Yeah, we're sticking to fungible tokens for the time being. Uh, it gets a little bit complicated to distribute NFTs. You're kind of getting to the NFT sale area, and there are other entities that are doing that a lot better than we are. And so, but that doesn't mean, you know, we're in the business of providing incentives, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're moving towards enabling, um, uh, so, so fungible token campaigns, but in a way based on user holdings, user activity, uh, the API that we're kind of rolling out here, aligning to roll out is going to enable any type of app or dApp to just boom, hit an API endpoint and issue a specific user, a certain asset, as long as assuming they have access to do that. Right. And so what we're going to announce on Monday is going to be pretty wild. Well, thank you. announce a new set of features. Uh, I can announce some. I, well, I can announce something now. Uh, we have we because we, we have a we have a whole marketing pitch. I'll leave that to Anthony. If Anthony wants to announce that one now, but what I'll announce now is that we've uh, made an internal decision to integrate Ada Handle. Uh, that'll oh, be done cool. today, and yeah. So uh, we'll get right, off here. A and we'll, quick we'll recap that for people more. that know that don't know what Ada Handle is. Very short description, so we know what we're talking about. It's like a domain name. So if you have an, uh, it is created through an NFT. So if you have this NFT in your wallet, and if we query the blockchain, where does this NFT live? And uh, we know which wallet address is. So when you need to send payment, receive payments, you no longer have to remember your long address. You mm -hmm. just tell me it's dollar sign Lathesan, for example. And we look it up on the blockchain. Aha, there's the address and we can use it. Cool. Okay. Sorry, Kyle, just to, uh, to give a little short explanation of what that's all about. Okay. Go ahead. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, you don't have to apologize. You know, we can speak freely. Uh, and that's kind of how we usually roll. You know, well, I'm, uh, we're, I'm in the same room with these guys all day, but mm -hmm. a lot of days and it's, it's cool. Mm -hmm. um, as far as, you know, I'll pass it to you, Anthony, if you want to talk about, you made an announcement today at Twitter. You kind of said some stuff. Two words. Yeah, sure. I don't know if you would, know if you would give more than two <laughs> <You> know, words. <laughs> I, I, at this point, I may as well just announce it because I'm still going to make a cool video for it anyway. But because um, I, right, already here we go. Drum seen, roll. I, I already saw that it leaked online. Someone tweeted it out, and I was like, "Oh no!" Aww. So yeah. <laughs> um. So we are going to offer on Drip Drops a way to incentivize uh, NFT staking. So it's stake right. of ownership. So when you own an NFT and you hold it, um, an NFT project can reward you for um, supporting their project. 
And so our first test run on this NFT project will be unsig. So everyone that's holding an unsig in their wallet will be airdropped uh, a number, a token per an unsig that they have in there. And basically when um, Alex or Monad, as some of you guys may know him as, uh, releases his second drop, that is how, with that token, that's how you pay for um, the a new NFT out of his second drop. So um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it right there. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's great. And to clarify, it's not actually airdrop, but it becomes available to the delegator at their stake right. address. So they can pull it from drip drops. They can do a pull request to get it, right? Right. Yes. It's good stuff. Incredible. Yeah, really cool project. Really cool process that he's worked out yeah. there. Let's go back one second to what we were talking about in the first place before I completely lose track. I, I read that it's possible that when you um, when you put your token on drip drops to be dripped, that you can set your parameters, right? For example, you can choose between blockchain weight, um, blockchain-wide distribution versus targeted distribution. What I like the pros and cons of, of one of the other approach. This will actually answer a question we had in chat. So yeah, this is a good one. It's, um, it's, stra it's strategy, you know, from an issuer hmm. perspective. Um, maybe maybe thing, to answer it, you can give, maybe you can answer it by giving some examples of some projects that are yeah, currently yeah, on red drops and like what I'm are they doing and how it works. Well, yeah, I was going to actually think of the co a couple ones that I was doing peripherally. Token. Talk about, yeah, what well, drip? Yeah. You could talk about drip. I was going to kind of maybe explain like space coins because it's a little bit different. Drip is everybody. Yeah. Drip's blockchain wide, mm -hmm. but it has a special parameter. So it's not. I mean, are we going? Have we decided if we're going to extend this to issuers or not? Essentially, what drip does is it uh, it rewards you for withdrawing. It's part of the utility built into the platform. You withdraw and you get more drip that you can withdraw for the withdrawal. So there's kind of some incentive uh, just for withdrawing. So if you're withdrawing, you're able to pull more drip your next withdrawal. And But from an issuer perspective, the dynamics of doing a blockchain-wide distribution is uh, potential awareness. So you're, you're having a token out there. Um, you're going to potentially get larger transaction volume early. The advantages of doing a targeted distribution for instance, would be to uh, reward certain users, right, um, mm -hmm. for certain actions. So, for example, Adoja, we've got tiers. We've got five tiers of targeted, and ultimately, we haven't issued our blockchain-wide distribution. That's going to hurt us from a TX volume standpoint, so it won't be like, you know, one of those coins that's way up there on Cardano assets right away. But the people pulling it are people who are familiar with the project and very uh, attuned to it, so it's got a high pool rate. So there's some strategy there because there's been talk about CDI, and we don't even know how we're going to implement it, but right now we're kind of getting our stuff together. But one of the strategies with the Doge's, we're, we've got a good layer for builders in the community that we're, we're going to looking to incentivize. So we want to incentivize and reward stake pool operators who are contributing and giving back to the ecosystem. So mm -hmm. heck, I guess I can make another announcement too. Uh, one of the examples of this NFT staking is a Doge is going to allocate some of our drip distribution allocation to holders of CC vaults, mesmerizer NFT CC vault. You guys are heroes. I appreciate you. Um, I hope uh, people holding your NFTs uh, find this valuable, and I, I hope this helps you. Thank you for what you do for Cardano. Yeah, yeah. CC Vault made the ability to get large quantities of different kinds of tokens. There are actually a large number of different kinds of tokens 
still be able to sort through it and see what those tokens are. So it was definitely a massive uh, benefit by having CC Vault. Right, and I have to I have to preface I'm saying that as heading up the Adoja project and not as the CEO of Drip Drops. You know, we use the right. an Adoja call, not a Drip Drops call. Drip Drops does not give preferential treatment mm -hmm. to projects. So you you guys seem to have quite a strong preference for a CC Vault, right? You're like you're singling out this particular uh, wallet over other wallets because because of why? Because it's good. That's the only my only reason. I mean, I've used <laughs> other wallets. And the there are good, they're good wallets, but mm -hmm. when it comes to if you have a lot of NFTs and a lot of FTs, more efficient it, one, the easiest. So we may as well just say, okay, that's the best one in my opinion. Right. Okay. Yeah. What happened was there's other wallets coming, and it's great that there's stuff coming online. And me personally, when you look at like a market growth and adoption, they were there right when we needed them. And and that was it. That that if we didn't have that, there would have okay, been yeah. a gap in NFT market proliferation and adoption. One, That's one hand washes the other, right? I, I have a personal one, question. One really great great part about CC Wallet too is that CC Vault is that they're now running on Firehose instead of Blockfrost for doing you know for their blockchain querying and submitting and submissions and all that. So whereas it, I, I just use a traditional NFT drop as a as an example. If I'm trying to get in this NFT drop and I submit a transaction, I don't have to worry about my transaction, the wallet itself timing out. So at some point, CC is going to get my transaction into the mempool and, you know, my odds of getting in there are a lot higher. Hmm. So that's so one thing you, I like about can, it. You can sort of leave it to it and it does a job for you in a way. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. it knows exactly when to uh, when a block becomes available, it will wait and it will try to mm -hmm. get the uh, data into the blockchain efficiently. Right. And in a predictable way. And sorry for my curse a second ago. I spilled Dr. Pepper all over my desk. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I actually also use CC, CC Wallet and I realize it, but then I don't have the knowledge to understand why I like it, you know, but I sort of on an intuitive level, I know that I like it and it's, it feels mm -hmm. uh, comfortable. So it does help if you use a lot of bad wallets. Uh, and then, <laughs> I mean, not, not, That's not. Me. <laughs> If you go through the the amount of wallets out there, and then yep. you had a uh, ex, you know experience with all of them, you kind of use CC Wallet, and you kind of just know you know it's working for me. Yeah, Less right. good wallets, not bad yeah. wallets. And I also <laughs> I also want to preface too, just so Adoja doesn't look biased in that sense. We have a program for that. So CC Vault is the first uh, project that we are going to support like that. So right. um, yeah. there's other projects so that they're doing awesome stuff. Let us know. We're happy to, to, you know, incentivize how we can. That's, that's what we want to do. We want to incentivize mm -hmm. and influence in a, in a way mm -hmm. that's personal and dear to how we feel. And that's, what's important about the system. Now we've enabled something where you guys can come together and do the exact same thing. And also from an ISPO perspective, we didn't really kill it. We just kind of backed them into a corner. If somebody's going to show up and try to offer you guys one token, right, to go and give up whatever percent of your rewards, it better be a damn good project because we're yeah, going right. to do all kinds of crazy stuff on our end yeah. to kind of keep you incentivized. And mm -hmm. then can, can I touch on that a little further, Kyle? Uh, or Alfred, yeah. if that's okay? Yeah, yep. <clears throat> yeah, so one of the problems we identified early on, the ISPOs have – there's – good and bad there's a double-edged sword to everything so with ispos you can have you know a very strong development team which we have on cardano so far you know you have sunday meld min mm. ray you got multiples right mm. <clears throat> the vector this opens up 
is the ability for a large number of anonymous teams who've had years of practice on other blockchains. I'm not going to name any particular one. Right. They've had years of practice on other blockchains. They could fire up a DEX and say, hey, we're going to fire up a wallet. They could promise the world. They can uh, remain anonymous. Uh, they can remain anonymous and and promise the world and throw a token out there. And with very little skin in the game, with almost no pledge and almost no time on working with the Cardano people, they can draw in a massive amount of stake mm -hmm. just based on promises. And um, that is, it's an attack vector and it needs to be addressed. So right, okay. the good teams, good for you, but oh. it, it will turn, if we didn't do something, it would turn into like the ICOs of 2017, where this team does that activity. Mm -hmm. They draw in all the stake. They keep all the ADA. They give away worth you know, tokens that have little or no value. Which which leads and, to a centralization, then, right? In the end, and no, yeah, it does that. But then, as people catch on to it, it might take six months to catch on, mm -hmm. um, and then they just throw it away and spin up another. Right. And then people get more out on it and they, mm -hmm. and they throw it away and spin up another and throw it away and spin up another. And it's there's no limit to to that um, attack vector. So it's uh, the 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 ISPOs we have right now are very well known uh, people. They are trusted people. It's like, hey, these folks are doing a lot of hard work and we can see it like mm -hmm. we're participating in it. And so oh, those types of ISPOs are great, but we got to be careful of. It, it will happen. It'll be, you know, spin up and dump, spin up and dump, you know, yeah, and that's no, what I, I don't want no people, keeping up with it at some point. Yeah. I don't want people to think uh, drip drops as a gate, uh, gatekeeper of some kind. Uh, mm -hmm. the, our main vision was to, you know, prevent these kind of bad ISPO actors, but you can also treat, um, drip drops as a launchpad, as a project discovery, because right. one of the biggest uh, um, compliments we got from a lot of people is, I had no idea this was a project and this was happening until mm -hmm. they came to our Explore project page and said, oh, look at this token. This is what they're doing. And that, that was interesting for us because that was exactly one of our goals of our platform. We want you to discover the great things that are happening out there. Yeah, to get visibility. Exactly. And it goes deeper. Our number one support question is why don't I have any tokens to withdraw? And the number one answer to that question is because you just staked your wallet. We've got people coming from Ethereum, Binance Smart Chain. We're having to educate them on. I mean, this is going to be an easy sell. We're going to be, I'm not worried about BSC after the customer comments that we had coming in. We're going to wax these guys. Yeah, there have been a few people who submitted uh, Ethereum wallet addresses and asked questions about MetaMask, which is fine. That's fine. It's a learning process, but just, you know, it's happening. There was a project that came over and asked if we could distribute ERC-20 tokens. I saw that on Twitter, right? So mm -hmm. how, how are you going to approach this? <laughs> There's nothing really we can do yet. Yeah, we kind of need the ERC-20 converted mm -hmm. to be online because the, if people don't, for those people who don't know how that works, you kind of burn the tokens on the other chain and then generate them on this chain. You can't right. have the same level of liquidity existing in the both chain, right? Right. So okay. once they exist on one side, exactly, you have to drain it from there and fill it up on Cardano blockchain. Right. Then you have the actual supply available, and they can hand it over to us, and then we're ready to ship it to anyone who they want, whether it's mm -hmm. network wide versus per pool basis. And I'd like to quickly touch on you know, asking what is the benefits of network-wide versus pool, uh, pool specific. Mm -hmm. The pool specific distribution is the ISPO. 
But what our system enables you to do is actually say, you don't actually have to switch a, uh, like a project like token, you know, we doing, we're doing both. We're saying, hey, we are running an ISPO to raise funds for the, the project development, but you don't have to leave whatever pool to join us. We're saying that you can get our token network-wide because we want a wide distribution. But if you happen to be staking at our pool, you, you get slightly a bit more than what you would otherwise get. See, it's beneficial to the users as well as the people who want to run ISPO. Right. Yeah, the wide distribution is critical for a project. It's such a huge selling point that it almost sells against the dedicated ISPO to raise a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so it introduces an interesting fact in game theory. If a bad actor wants to come and be really rowdy about it, then you know the actors on the platform can respond. Right. Let's let's take the example of uh, of poor little uh, Stakepool uh, Hotel, which, like I said, has been completely massacred by the Sunday Swap ISPO. So if I want to get on, uh, or me, or any or anybody like me, I want to get on drip drops. Uh, what do I do? Is there like a selection process? Um, how do I approach you guys? We have How's a it work. What, we no, have a form a, that you fill out. No, and, uh, no. If you let, me have an, a token. let me answer this, Chris. Are you talking about as a stake pool operator or as a token issuer? A stake pool operator, right? Can only be both. Yeah, of course. But which 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 angle are you speaking from? Because the answer is different. Well, I guess maybe answer both of them. So, okay. So Chris Chris was answering if you had Alfred token. So if you had Alfred token or hotel token and you wanted to maybe give a token to your delegators, for example, what you would do is you would fill out a form. Well, you'd have to figure that out. Those are your tokenomics model, like maybe. Like a coupon. Like if, if I gave um, you hotel. Okay. Ho- yeah, let's say, let's say you gave a 20% discount at your hotel. Shit, this that is great. Be, that could be. That's a, also one of my dope. questions. Like that what could might be a be coupon that could be that have a utility. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 20 or whatever discount percent or whatever your tokens do, tie it into a discount at your hotel. And then you could say, um, all right, everybody who stakes the hotel, I'm going to give you best uh, towels. No, no, I'm, I'm going to give you one or one Alfred token for every thousand ADA you stake or every hundred thousand ADA you stake or every 1080 you stake. You figure out your tokenomics. Do the math relevant to a saturated pool at 64 million and figure out how many tokens you're going to be given each epoch at that at that rate and then right. what it really means to you because no like no joke dude like i would stake for some damn alfred tokens for a discount for when we all go ball out in barcelona you just got to mm-hmm. promise not to kick us out if it gets a little uh, dry icy <laughs> we're coming <laughs> well you, you can do some block booking we'll keep everybody else out so we'll, we'll be all right we'll take but, the that, but, but that's a great idea and then you could give everybody else in the community like just one alfred token an epoch period to withdraw or hotel we'll call it we'll call it hotel because and, and that's how you would do it as an issuer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're just you and you want to survive, right? Like just mm-hmm. most stake pool operators aren't going to yeah, have yeah. a hotel. They're not going to have a good utility story other than a loyalty token. And yeah, exactly. You, right. I mean, you got game. That's what I would do if I were you. And if you want, come talk to us. Let's, let's do an Alfred token or something. That's cool, man. <laughs> cool. Okay. But what about, uh, but uh, what about the staples that don't have a hotel behind them or they, they don't have like, like they, a real life they uti- don't utility? Have, so what do they, what do they do? They don't have to do anything because it wouldn't be fair for us to say, hey, you have to come and sign up and be part of this platform because expecting that of them is just it's not possible. It's not fair to the stake pool operator. And it's not fair to their delegators. So Drip Drop's a, a platform to connect the delegators with 
the actual token issuers in in that distribution mechanism. So right. for a stake pool operators to survive, what they're going to want to do is go and partner with different token issuers and projects. And now that we've got NFT staking, that opens up the game a hell of a lot more. There's a hell of a lot more you guys can do. And you'll see that as we start to deploy examples of these in the next few days. Cool. If I could add to that, um, all of the pools are included by default. So if a token uh, issuer joins the drip drops platform and they choose blockchain wide distribution, that includes your pool as well. So it, it's everybody's pool. So it doesn't matter what, where you delegate really at this point, if you come to drip drops and you input your address, um, even if you're in uh, a pool that doesn't have any partnerships with, with token projects, you're still qualified right now, I think, for 14 tokens that are blockchain-wide distribution okay. out of the 35. Okay. But how then, where does the desirability index come into play that you guys have on your, uh, on your portal? Because there's certain criteria whereby you decide or the community gets yeah, to decide so, or, yep. or based on performance, like who's desirable and, and who isn't. So That's an issuer metric. It's not a stake pool operator metric. All right. So Can you explain this? Sure. So it, there's this idea that we, we're going to have a whole lot of tokens on this platform. And, and we, all, we get it. Not all projects are equal. And, and the range between the viability of projects can be quite significant. And so the CDI is a metric that Adam designed in a manner which is essentially checking the token views versus the withdrawals. And, it, and we can implement that in, in a way that it kind of increases the quality of tokens and presents tokens that are more favorable. We can kind of tell which tokens are more favorable. If the token wanna, is... Go ahead. You, you can probably explain it a little bit better. So yeah, it, it, it's a, just before it sounds a bit like uh, uh, Animal Farm, like all tokens are equal, but some tokens are more, more equal than, than others. <laughs> well, well, no. So, I think... I mean, I don't know. Okay. Like if you go to the grocery store and you see some apples or or some fruit, some fruit you'd want to pick up and take home, and some fruit you probably yeah, wouldn't. Right. <laughs> I, I think the best analogy I can give is if you go on Google and search for something, have you ever gone to the 97th page to click on the link versus the first page? So it's used for uh, like being on the first page has a value, right? You, yeah. You're going to keep incurring more clicks and then it becomes more relevant. So when, when Carl mentioned views, he's referring to the fact that when you um, when you go put your address in and say, check my drops and see what you qualify for, we're showing you everything that's qualified for sorted by the ranking, which kind of works on itself. But then how many did you actually pick? So that's actually uh, the user is voting with their wallet without them realizing every time they choose what is going into their first 10 pick, right? So this metric is going to feed into the system and then say, okay, we showed the hotel token 1,000 times and it was pulled 500 times. Mm -hmm. Your CDI is 50%. So sure. based on that, yeah. like we can rank the tokens and then it works itself out. So poor coins that are being massively marketed everywhere, uh, you know, th that doesn't have any utility, but just trying to get, you know, uh, it's a quick, uh, you know, you know what I mean. It's one of those and dodgy projects. It goes to the bottom just by the fact that people aren't withdrawing it, even though it's got mm -hmm. a lot of people uh, talking about it and seeing it. Yeah. yeah. And this is, and this is what I mean by there's a difference in strategy between blockchain wide versus focus too. If your token's not necessarily well known, throwing it blockchain wide could hurt your CDI, especially if you don't. And, and what it does is, is to do a blockchain wide distribution 
and having CDI in place, it incentivizes the token issuer to get their documentation looking good. So if a customer wants to learn more, they can learn more in a relatively easy manner. And so we're trying to incentivize all around. It just kind of works out that way. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Um, initially, I mean, DripTops was sort of presented like, like an airdrop machine, right? And now you guys are already making announcements. But I have a feeling there's still more, more going on than meets the eye with, with DripDrops. Are you sort it's of the, intending to team. make create like, like a big ecosystem? Or where do you think this is it, going? Yeah. It's the team. We don't know. Anthony, you can give your perspective. I'll give mine. I think everybody. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think DripDrops uh, at this point, the goal is to become the standard of, of token issuance and handling and we wanted to give people a turnkey solution to all tokenomics uh, handling. Basically, if if you have a token and you want to distribute it, or you want to collect it, or you want people to vote with it, um, whatever, whatever it is, and even if you have a custom solution, you need come to Drip Drops. I mean, I want the people building a dex building a dex. I don't want the people building a dex figuring out how to send tokens out to people. I just mm -hmm. want everyone to focus on what they have to build. And, and, and if you need tokens in your environment, like a DEX or, or whatever, um, let drip drops handle that for you. Just tell us how, what your parameters are and how you want to distribute it. And we can do it with accuracy and precision. Yeah, for and, me, you, and you, oh, go ahead. I just, just wanted to add on to that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Just very quickly. Uh, my Sorry, my battery and headphones running out. Um, so for me, uh, just quickly, is what's in uh, is the standardization that I really like because what I don't want is people doing ten different things every time an ISP goes go live. If we can have a standardization, which we lack very severely in Cardano, it basically makes it easier for adoption. And this is something Kyle was probably going to touch on is because everyone's coming to discover token project. So we will be the gateway to Cardano. We might probably be the one of the first few projects that you look up when you are interested in Cardano. What would you call? Right. Okay. Um, yeah. So that it's really good in that sense. We've got to be ready to onboard all these new users and, and, and they're coming from everywhere. And what I also wanted to state is that, you know, we're getting really close to product market fit with NFTs and we're seeing some announcements with some large players and if there's any of you larger entities out there that are starting to look at crypto or NFTs or how you can implement in-game rewards, hit us up. This is what we do. Mm -hmm. So, and we're cool. the best at it on the Cardano chain. Great. I don't know if there's anything that you feel that we didn't talk about. I mean, we, we filled about 45 minutes. Uh, anybody? Yeah, one thing I, I, wanted, I wanted to kind of hammer down on earlier um, before, and we kind of moved away from it, but I wanted to be mm -hmm. concise about this is that there's, for a token issuer or a token project that, or any Cardano project that has a token element to it, and they want to use this platform, there, the, there's literally a limitless number of options available to you. So, say for example, I'm I'm a project on Cardano and I'm building whales, you know, water whales, and so I want to do a token. Say for every 100 ADA staked, I want everybody that's staking to get one of those tokens, right? But I also like what Gro what Gropool's doing and Ray and his group. So I want to reward his delegates. I don't have to have anything to do with that pool. I just want to reward his delegates because I like what he's doing. So I'm going to give those guys two. But Alfred at Hotel, I like what he's doing kind of in that same field. 
So I want to reward his his delegates. So there's I mean, there's a ton of things we can do, and we and, and the, the platform will certainly evolve and grow. We talk about every day, um, you know, things we hear back from the feedback we get from the community, ideas. We're like, oh, that's a good idea. We're going to work on that. So this you know, this, this sounds these. a bit like multi delegation in, in a way, or not? Exactly. Yeah. We encourage it. Yeah. Or that's very what, why we encourage very it dynamic. so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's one yeah. other thing I wanted to touch on as well. I don't. Do we go into just a little bit more um, context of the drip token itself? Um, yeah, right. Touched on it earlier, mm -hmm. right? But um, I was going to know, ask that as a matter of fact, but we we moved on. We moved away from it. So yeah, um, but it, it's being a governance token, and then it's mobile to users as they they visit but the key is you know it's for governance it's for voting and as drip drops transitions to a dow in the out years in you know months and years things take time right then those are used for voting so people can vote on which direction they want the dow to go right so there's the application of the token do we need to touch on anything else kyle or anthony or anybody about the drip token yeah uh, just quickly it gets con consumed by voting or so I early on we're we're taking a sort of uh, we're working through the submission list of token project who wants to get listed and we're kind of it's centralized in the sense that you know we're deciding oh yeah we're going to let list this token versus that token that should really be in the hands of the community that's why 100 of our token supply is actually being given out to the community so that the holders of the token who use the system frequently have the highest voting power to say that I really want this token or we don't want this token on the platform anymore. Is, is this mechanism already active or is it something oh, that's... It takes uh, time to build these voting systems. Like right, right now, we, we put, put, a, put a poll out saying, do you want to vote anonymously or, pri uh, or publicly? And unanimously, it looks like people want private. And that creates interesting dynamics. How do you vote privately on Cardano? And we're talking with subject expert, you know, uh, to see, you know, it's, it's it's not something like Catalyst, but it has to be better than Catalyst if, if we want this to work in a DAO environment. Hmm. This is going to be a living laboratory for a while. It's going to take a lot of experimentation because hmm. we we're moving in the direction of a DAO and what we're doing to our knowledge has not really been done before, not to this, not, not in this capacity, mm -hmm. at least right. anyway. And it's I gotta mean, be well, right the first time we can't, yeah. we can't make a mistake and launch yeah. it and then go back and fix it later. Guys, if I, if I remember correctly, you actually launched six days ago and now you're already talking about becoming a DAO and like a super uh, sophisticated ecosystem. So oh, it was designed from the beginning to that was the whole intent before we even started it. It was like, we just wanted to distribute it as far and as wide as we could. It started as a project to help us. And then it was like, well, we can help everybody. We can help all pools. We can help all delegates. And, and so mm. it kind of spread from there. So from the foundation up has been designed and built with the intent of relinquishing control and turning it over to the community. So, mm. And that's, that's one of the reasons why we have, Quinn on board. I know he hasn't got the chance to talk a whole lot, but you know, we realize that right now we're using Firehose, which is a hyper centralized solution. And because it's centralized, gives it a lot of power. But as we move forward, as Hydra comes online, as smart contracts. I, I, I was gonna ask that. Yeah, as you were saying, Hydra comes online. So what will Hydra do for you that's that can't be done right now? I, I read about it and I forgot to ask. Sorry. Go ahead, Andrew. 
Yeah, I, I think one of the things that will allow us to do is allow users to accrue tokens across epochs. So right now we're requiring everybody to withdraw every epoch. That's because we're taking the, the snapshot directly from the blockchain, the ghost snapshot. And once that ghost snapshot is gone, it's gone. Um, but what we can do on a Hydra blockchain is people can just withdraw every epoch on Hydra extremely cheaply. And then they only pay, once they pull it back to the main chain, um, they pay a normal transaction fee. Sorry, what, f f again, I'm somebody who represents all the people that are not in the know. What does the Hydra offer compared to what the current blockchain you can, formats you can think uh, about, doesn't offer? You can think about Hydra as kind of like a, a mini Cardano that can run as fast as you want to. So it's not okay. limited to the, it's kind of like a hangs off the side. And so you can run many, many transactions over there, have as fast a block time, as big a blocks as you want. And then eventually you can move those things that have all accrued back to the main chain. Or could you also maybe compare it to like a, like an athletics runner running in one lane and then Hydra running in like 10 lanes at the same time? It, it's like uh, it's like you're racing on a track, a runner versus some guy on a motorcycle. And every once in a while, the motorcycle can pick pick up runners, drive them around the track a few times, and then drop them off again. Okay. <coughs> I mean, the main chain was designed with certain limitations in place, like how mm -hmm. much size the transaction size could be, like when a smart contract is executing, how much memory it can consume, you know, and it has to be done in a way so that because it's, it's the, it, it's an, it's for the entire blockchain, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, it is understandable that we need to go beyond the limitations that are set in place, which is for the general public. And that's where the Hydra comes in. It enables us to sort of fork off and then on the side chain, do some bunch of work that that's not affecting the chain and then join back in. And the data that's held on the outside would be acceptable because we're still within the current network ecosystem. It just enables additional functionality, like being right. able to keep their tokens that you've accrued in the previous EPO without having to keep coming every five days. I, I think we could probably feel like another podcast uh, only on this uh, subject matter. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's midnight here in Barcelona and I have to catch your last train. So uh, I think we're going to have to well, uh, end it here more or less. Can we get like just one more minute? I yep. want to ask Quinn. Quinn, we had, a, we had a talk last night with a bunch of people and Quinn gave a very elegant description in a lot of different ways what a smart contract is. Quinn, would you like to repeat that? Because it was awesome. And I think everybody needs to see it. And I'll cut that I, clip too, but you can try. You can, can you can you do as good tonight as you can, or am I putting it on your spot, man? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. I it was it was an analogy of using the ATM card and of going to uh, an ATM machine and drawing money out of your ATM where you have to put a password in and you get your money out. Where a smart contract is a little bit more different and abstract, where instead of putting your password in, I'm going to give you a math problem and you're going to solve that math problem and then you get your money out. And then it, really it's like the basis is just generally that, but taken to the extremes of, of what Cardano could really do where it becomes just an arbitrary piece of logic that you can run. And it's, that's what it really comes down to. Hopefully I just didn't ruin. I feel like the space pace version was such a nice way I did it. I don't know. You, you had four or five examples of how to get your money out and it was really cool. Yeah, you know, good. but it was good. You did good. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, you have different conditions to interact with your money and, and, you know, 
you can do different things on different contracts to enable different conditions and things like that. Mm-hmm. Quinn did real good with it though, but sorry, Alfred, I didn't mean to cut you off. I think that's really important because not a lot of people understand, um, you know, really smart contracts and what they do and how you can enable. And, and that's something that we've realized we've got to do such a better job. And it's not that we haven't done the education individually. We've got great educators out there, but it maybe maybe I don't know, but do we have a really centralized resource? It's like, there should be this link that everybody knows. And it's the same for everybody. When somebody comes to Colorado, give them the link. Like, like, where's that? You know, I think we're going to have to create that. Alfred's you know, so. got to go because if he misses that train, he's going to yeah, be walking I'll home. be walking home. It's a long walk. <laughs> oh, sh- oh, okay. All right, bye. That bye. train ain't going to wait. Kyle's going to have to pay for your Uber, homie. <laughs> Love you, Alfred. Thank you so much it's, for it's having us up, on, unfortunately. So, guys, it's a great pleasure to, to come on. Uh, very educational. I hope everybody enjoyed it. and uh, Looking forward to see you guys again soon. Thank you very much for having Thank us. Thank you for your to support the Cardano Hotel podcasts, please delegate your ADA to Stake Pool Hotel. If you enjoyed our content, please like and subscribe to the Cardano Hotel podcast.